Blog Talk Radio. The Pipe Bomb Radio Network proudly presents Pipe Bomb Radio, the show with the freshest insight, interviews, and opinions on the world of professional wrestling. With your host, El Jefe. Felix Oledo, the Godfather, Nate Milton, Godfather's in the house, and the Aztec Warrior, Alex Cruz. I'm an Aztec Warrior. Ah. So sit back and relax because Pipe Bomb Radio goes live now. It's showtime, folks. Welcome, everybody, to the last show of 2017. It is our best of show that we've become now a tradition uh, for the last several years on Pipe Bomb Radio. This year, we've cut it down to the top five, so we've really had to dig it down and find the best shows of the year, and I think we've got a good choice here. And, you know, with it being on a limited time basis, I am going to immediately jump in to the very first clip that we have, the top five position goes to, I'm sorry, the the number five position goes to a guest on the show by the name of Angel Rose, and her, the clip I'm going to play for you is how she got her start in wrestling. Here we go, folks. Tell us about, you know, what what got you into wrestling, your your, your path to where you are now, where where you started training, and, and, you know, what did you expect when you started Oh, man. Wow. What did I expect when I started? I, you know, honestly, I was just like, man, I hope I'm, like, physically cut out to do this stuff. <laughs> um, I remember when I had first started wrestling, when I first started training back in, like, uh, 2008-ish. Um, yeah, like, 2008. Um I remember being, like, sore every day. I remember having, like, bruises from, from running, like, rope drills. And and uh, I was like, man, this sucks. But I loved it mm-hmm. because I always loved wrestling as a kid. I remember um, I used to live with my grandmother and my cousin and my mom. And my cousin would always watch Monday Night Raw. And I remember, like, walking into the room one day after I, I had, like, showered or something. And he's watching wrestling, and the mm-hmm. second I, like, had my eyes on the TV, it was, like, wrestling just, like, it was so captivating. Like, you know, the stories that they told, like, the moves that they were doing and, like, the heels. As a kid, I always, like, secretly wanted to, like, track <laughs> down, like, all the heels and find them and just, like, tell them how much how much I didn't like them <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> and... uh yeah, I remember, like, you know, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Uh, I went to high school, and I remember, like, thinking that I was one of the only people who still watched wrestling. And I was like, oh, you know, just watching wrestling, like, every week. And um, I remember during, like, a lunch period overhearing, like, a group of people talking about, like, discussing, you know, Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh, they're talking wrestling. Let me just 
slide on down over here. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Um, I just, you know, made friends with people who liked wrestling and we went to events together and um, uh, one of my friends actually had their little like backyard federation and stuff. Like I know that oh. stuff looked down upon, but like everybody starts somewhere, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. So, I, mean, I, I started in my living room and in my bedroom, you know. I mean, there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I uh, So, yeah, that's uh, that's where the origin is from. I started jumping around on mattresses in my friend's backyard, and, and I thought, like, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> and then, right. And then in high school, I knew someone who was training professionally, this guy's like a brother to me. I actually call him my brother to to everybody. Yes, yeah. Um, as guy, you you know him, Max Stardom. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep, sure do. That's the guy. So, uh, you know, I linked up with him, and I was like, "Hey, man, I want to do what you're doing. Show me." And he's like, "Okay." So he would pick me up from my house because I was like what sixteen, seventeen, I didn't have a car. He'd pick me up from my house every weekend and we'd drive up about like thirty, forty minutes away from where I lived. I drove from Miami to Coral Springs to train every weekend. And yeah, the rest is history. And there we have it. Angel Rose at the number five position. I missed that show, but I know my boy Alex definitely handled that with, with class and I know that's one of his good friends. So, Alex, I know you're with me now. I do apologize for starting without you, but unfortunately with the limited basis of time that we have, there's not much I can do about that. I kind of had to jump on the gun here because, you know, your dad had to be late. And actually, no, I'm sorry, not late. He's not going to make it. We're not going to see him back until 2018. I think I heard something about him having to go out for a pack of cigarettes, and you know where that's going to go. Anyway, man, you know I, I'm gonna cut you off right now, Felix. I, we we can't waste time, and we can't talk it. We can't waste time talking about my deadbeat dad. Because let me tell you something. What made me so angry? What made me so angry is he ditched us for a date. That's the story of my life. I still don't know who my mom is, and now he's sitting there saying that he's gonna go get me another stepmom. Which okay, maybe three Christmases will be pretty cool. But let me tell you, I I I, I refuse to to forgive him for this. So he's lucky that we're not seeing his ass until next year. Because if he were to show up on this show tonight, I would jump through this phone, grab him, pull him through, shove his head so far down a toilet and flush it that I'm going to flush all those bad mindsets, all those bad thoughts and those, those evil intentions he has and get him back on track. But anyway, it is the end of the year show. I've been so excited. And, you know, I'm sorry for the late, uh, late arrival. I had some uh, <clears throat> grown-up duties by washing the dishes. But anyway, um, <laughs> but – I'm so excited for the end of the year show. This is this is one of my favorite shows of the year, and I'm so glad to be on it. I'm ready to rock and roll it. Um, it's been a long weekend. I'm still banged up and bruised, still hurting a little bit, but we can get to that later. But man, I'm excited, Felix. How we doing? This is this is the last show of the year. Like sh- this is big. This is big. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Uh, you know, I actually these are my favorite shows of the year, to be honest. Because we get to look back on the year and the year overall, and getting the opportunity to just kind of narrow it down. Though it's always a tough one, because who? How, how do you narrow it down? I mean, can you narrow it down? Honestly, this is. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. Alex doesn't even know what this countdown is going to be because he was so busy traveling. Uh, Nate and I had to put our heads together and come up with a top five. No, no, I'm not. I'm not picking on Alex, 
but I think the surprise in, in store that we've chosen, I think he will be pleasantly surprised with the, the choices we've made. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so with that, <laughs> with that, I am definitely going to um, keep it rolling here and move on to the yeah. number four. Another person very close to Alex uh, at the number four position, and I believe, let's see, this particular clip is his buddy Chris Silvio. And he's talking yeah. about his uh, debuts on Impact, Impact Wrestling, and his NXT appearance. So, here we go. Uh, tell us a little bit about that so far, you know, your TNA experience, your NXT experience, you know, what direction you're, you're kind of looking to go in, and, and uh, maybe elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, man, the, the way it used to be, like, my uh, my trainer, the legendary Hustler Rick Rogers, he always used to point out to us that um, wrestlers – Previously, uh, you know, I guess if you're going back from, you know, maybe the 1930s until the 80s, uh, wrestlers generally didn't hit their prime until about 35 years old. If you look at um, some of the former champions, uh, world champions, they were around that age group, like 35 to 40. And recently here, there was a huge change, a huge shift in pro wrestling in the state. Um, Several years ago, there was a time where you're correct, they were, um, a lot of the bigger companies were picking up guys in their early 20s to late 20s, and there kind of became a stigma around turning 30. Like you said, guys would say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm 29, I might be too old to make it or something like that. And I remember having uh, having similar fears, um, you know, around, I want to say around 27 or so, I got some opportunities with Ring of Honor Wrestling, and at the time I felt like I, I got to go right now, or, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get there. But, I mean, you know, looking back in retrospect, um, you know, several years later, um, you know, I'm still doing what I love and I'm having a great career. I think the reason why the shift was is uh, I really feel like people want, in the major companies now, they want guys that are proficient professional wrestlers. I think they had, you know, they had an experiment with, um, you know, trying to teach. I think it was an attitude for a while that, um, you know, we can pretty much teach anyone to do this kind of thing. And I think over time people realize that um, the guys that, that do this the best are the people that have a passion for it. Like myself, this has literally been the only thing I've ever wanted to do with my life. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys listening to the show and a lot of guys uh, in the business can relate. This is all that we want out of life. So, I mean, if you have people like us that are just chomping at the bit for an opportunity to share, you know, share our gift and our passion with the world. Um, that's kind of, you know, the, the theme that they're going right now. They want guys that have experience on the job that they can put on TV and trust that, you know, they'll, they'll get the job done. So to anybody, I've been there before. I know your shoes thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be 30. You know, wh- whatever age you're in, um, you know, just, just keep going and keep pushing. There's no, there's no way that anyone in the world can deny talent. If you have talent, you have drive, and you have a love for whatever it is that you do, whether it be wrestling or anything else, there's no substitute for talent. There you go. He had a lot to say, and honestly, Chris Silvio, had, if you get a chance to listen to him talk, it's worth it. I know, with, like, again, I have to reiterate the fact that we are on a time constraint at the moment. And I would have liked to have played a lot longer clip. The same thing with Angel Rose but and a few others that we've got chosen here. But um, he is at the number four spot. And before we move on to the next uh, couple of clips, 
got to ask Alex what his thoughts are on Mr. Silvio. You know, Silvio is fantastic. I mean, you can't you can't ask for uh, for a more like knowledgeable person in and out of the ring. Uh, his work ethic's incredible. His hustle is is you know unmatchable. I mean, he's he's a uh, you know he he's living proof of what hard work is. You know, and uh, I mean that's that's what I truly love the most about him. You know, I mean the guy is exceptional. You know, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, he's a student of the game and, you know, I was on a show with him, uh, about two weeks ago and from start to finish, aside from his match, that man was standing behind the curtain, watching the show, the entire show, watching every match, you know, picking things apart, you know, seeing, seeing what people are doing, you know, it's, he's, he's a professional, you know, and he's, he's one of the, the, the best people I've learned from. He's, he's helped me so long, so much this year, uh, along this journey and, and, I've learned so much from him and you know, we were sitting there in the back and I'm watching one of the matches and he comes up to me and he's like, Hey Cruz, he's like, you know, come here, check this out. He's like, Lock up with me. I'm gonna show you this hold and, and how to get out of the standard hold in a different way. Nobody else does it. Check this out. And he showed me something crazy. I'm like, You've gotta be kidding me. He just comes up with stuff like on the fly, on the spot, and he's always willing to share and to learn and I mean that that's one of the things I love about him the most. So yeah, if I, I wish I wish there was the uh, the wrestling world was like a million Chris Silvios because I tell you what, that man, he is he is the definition of a professional. Agreed. Agreed. Now, in the meantime, I am still waiting for uh, my other clips here to load up. We're kind of in the slow process here. But coming in at number three, this was actually per the request of, well, Nate. It was uh, – prior guest we had, he had been on the show before, and he He's, was he so good, more. we had to bring him back. So, um, it is actually John Saxon. And this particular clip, I'm not sure exactly how to explain it other than uh, from what Nate had said, and I have to take a look here. Oh, gosh, which one was it? I have to look back on something here, because it's going back on Oh, let's see, particularly the dive controversy from earlier in the year. Okay, well, it's about the dive. We'll just say that. So without further ado, Mr. John Saxon, here we go. There's a lot of guys out there trying to be in this industry now that have no business being in this industry. And they are doing what I call stunts. But they're doing these stunts to the extreme point of maiming themselves. I've seen stuff on the internet that just makes me cringe, and I'm like, oh, geez, I can't imagine that. Um, So I think that is kind of one of those things where you have to draw the line somewhere, kind of like extreme wrestling. Um, Once Cactus jumped off the top of the cage, through the table, I told people, well, it just died. Because what, you can't top what he just did. You'd have to kill nope. somebody. You'd literally have to kill somebody, and it's been imitated. Of course, Shane did it at Mania. Of course, everybody knew it was a stunt. Um, yep. You just can't replicate that. It, it's got a ceiling, I guess, is what I'm saying. Quick one, because I told Elio to keep it quick. Because some of these clips, like I said, narrowing it down to five. With the time, with the time is so freaking hard because we had some really good conversations with all these guests we've had. So I am going to move it down 
to the number two spot immediately because, unfortunately, Elio, I don't think he got the memo right away. Now, the number two spot on this, God forbid, it was a good conversation, but it was such a long clip. So I'm going to have to put it in immediately. Number two, Taylor Ken Resnick. Wondering about the role of the announcer because, you know, we recently lost uh, Lance Russell, who was one of my favorites. Uh, And you think about people like Lance, people like Jim Ross, Gordon Soley, of course, yourself, Ken. And and it felt like a different style. Like, I I don't want to sound too old-fashioned, but it kind of felt like the days where you could turn on the nightly news and trust the newsman. And and that's how commentators and announcers felt back in the day. And I'm wondering if if it's a bit of a lost art, not to say that today's play-by-play guys aren't good, but it, it feels very different than from, you know, the style that you guys were doing back in the day. Well, I, I, you I say that, though. you're, you're exactly right, Nate, but there's kind of two different aspects. And I have said that, and I know some people criticize, you know, I'm still a fan of Michael Cole in that back when I was doing AWA and, and, and WWF, and I, I did a lot more play-by-play in, in AWA and then again in the LPWA, once we started, my real only job was play-by-play. Now I can just imagine how many things, you know, in the pre-production that Michael Cole has to make sure he works in during the body of a match where he's, you know, has play-by-play responsibility, but almost more so he's got to hit this event or this storyline or talk about what's coming next. And Mm -hmm. when you have someone reminding you or have all that laid out, you, you can't put your full focus on the match. And I know one thing that, drives me crazy being old school and I see it not only in in wrestling but in all pro sports where the play-by-play announcers will kind of ignore what's happening you know in the ring or on the field or on the ice or on the court and start talking with their analysts about something completely different yes and and, and I say to myself you know, from a, a, a production standpoint, don't don't you think that if what's happening right in front of you isn't interesting enough to keep your focus, why should anyone home be interested in watching it? So th- mm. that's one thing mm-hmm. that, that drives me crazy, but I'm also very cognizant about he has all these things he has to make sure he works in. Uh, so I'm probably a little more sympathetic from, from that standpoint because I, I can remember when I would do play-by-play for the AWA, when the match starts, I, I had nothing to do but call the match until the, the match was over. Sometimes the producer would say, throw to a commercial or throw to this, but that was all. And now they have mm. so many different things. And to your other point, Nate, certainly the the interviews are a, a, a completely lost art. And, you know, from the thousands I did 
with great talent and great talkers and, and, and less talent and talkers. The, the vast majority, well over 95%, was extemporaneous. You know, we would know mm. basically what the match is, what city it was going to be in. And, you know, we might say, you know, you know anything special you want to do, no, you, you know, I'll do this, and you go. But when we started taping, the vast majority of it w- was extemporaneous, and, and it went where it went. On the rare times, it, it wasn't very good. We might do it over, but that was certainly the exception rather than the rule. And, and now you watch, and you can tell it's, it's so scripted. And on the rare times that, you know, WWE now, you know, uses someone backstage, if you will, they kind of set it up and then the talent comes in and does everything. The talent walks away and then they have a shot of the announcer just standing there like they're, they're glazed over and, and half the time mm. not even reacting to anything. Uh, and I also think that, with a lot of the the interviews and and even those that are done without announcers, you know, in ring, that they are so schooled in what they have to say, they're as busy trying to remember what they have to say than what they're saying at the time, and and just the the passion that. I used to see seemingly has has gone out of it. Uh, yeah. And also when I mentioned a lot of it is predictable, when they have a talent, you know, in the ring talking about whatever, you can see a lot of the fans that are in the building, they're looking back towards the entrance way because they know someone else is coming out. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it, it's the, the 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 spontaneity and and the surprise of it is, is, is gone, and I, I mean I, I still look back and the, the the production strides that have taken place in the business even back when I was with WWF to the WWE today is 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 just amazing, but at the same time I I think to a large degree some of the problem is that WWE is not so much in the wrestling business anymore as in the television production business. Mm. I mean, if, if you think about how many live hours and new hours of television they produce a week not only you know the 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 five hours on on USA, but everything they do for the WWE Network. I mean, yeah. it, it's they are one of the largest production companies in the country. But oh, I sure. think the focus has become more on the the production than than the the wrestling business. Woo-wee. That was a long one. That's probably the longest one we've got. Whew. But you know what, though? Again, if you've ever had the opportunity to sit at the learning tree with Ken Resnick and just and hear some of the stories, that's just a piece of, of, 
of what we got to hear from him because he's been on the show before, and he promised me some stories about the late, great, sensational Sherry as well as the late, great Bobby the Brain Heenan. So if you get a chance to listen to this show, I recommend it. I don't know if you listen to it or not, Alex, but this guy is incredible. He's such a nice, down-to-earth, really a nice guy. So I definitely look forward to it. You know, maybe the next time, if we do get the opportunity to bring him back, that you get to be a part of that one, Alex. I know you missed that one. But um, yeah, I'm, back, the, the, wait just, any longer. Just listening. Go ahead. Oh, no, I wasn't just Sorry listening that. to that one. I mean, I was sitting here and, and just completely forgot what I was doing, completely forgot we were doing a show, and I'm just like, don't stop talking. Don't stop talking. Man, like, I can't believe I missed that one. You know, I mean, just listening to him was, was unreal. I mean, I, I I could pick his brain for hours if, if it was up to me. So, I mean, it's crazy. Crazy how And he is, he's a genuinely – he's a genuinely nice guy. He really is just a nice guy, bro. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds but, like um, it, sure. Uh. I'm going to go ahead and just bring it down to the last one of the night, the, t- the number one spot. I had a drum roll. I'll be playing it right now. This, is going. This, I think I know where this is going. This one, this one is, you know what, though? When, we, when I found out this person was coming to the show, she, I say she, so you might oh. have an idea, Alex. So when she was on the show, she was in a, her, she was in a different uh, company at the, at the time. And, well, she was making waves. Little did I know the story behind her career and where she is now. So with that said, at the number one spot, Taya. Here we go. I lived in Mexico for four and a half, almost five years. Um, You know, I really adapted to the situation that I was in and the world that I was living in. And um, I'm very happy to be back on the other side, as I like to call it. Um, living in the States now and just being able to really like, you know, explore some new rivalries and some new um, women wrestlers and competitors now um, compared to, you know, I was wrestling a lot of the same girls out there. And so now I'm really being challenged and I got to go to Japan. It's just been, it's been a really positive experience. And I think that Lucha Libre is, has grown so much in popularity over the last, I would say probably year and a half, two years. I mean, I remember when I first went to AAA, I felt like hardly anybody knew what that was. Um, right. and now everybody does, and I feel like we're trendy. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> yes. is now like really cool, you know. And I'm I'm so proud to represent a non-Mexican girl. I'm Canadian, um, who came into that world, and really I earned my spot, and I worked my butt off training with some of the top trainers down in Mexico City and all over, you know, performing all over Mexico, and now being able to to share that love of that art with everybody else is just incredible. She was a lot of fun to have on the show. She was a lot of fun. But um, there you have it, folks. I will be updating the Facebook and Twitter pages with the top five countdowns. We're down to the last few minutes of the show. Alex, reflections on 2017. Go for it. You know, it, it was a fun year. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously every year that goes by, I think if you're busier the, the, the following year than you were the year before, I would say that's a successful thing and it's a good thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, once we talk about it over the next couple of weeks, you know, I think there could be a lot of, you know, good, some, some changes and some 
new updated things that we can do with Pipe Bomb Radio. And it's been a blast. You know, I mean, I feel like that, like, sometimes, you know, I can come back to Pipe Bomb Radio and just be myself and be a fan and, and just sit back with a couple of friends that share the same love that I do. And we can just talk about the world of wrestling in a different perspective, you know, and, and talk to different people and, and really come back to the past times that we truly love, you know, like, yeah, we talk to a lot of current superstars. Then we talk to a lot of indie superstars, but then we talk to a lot of past superstars. Then we talk to business owners and then we talk to crazy knuckleheads like Mr. Pat Piper, which I love by the way. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, if you're listening, much love. And, and you know, like it's, it's, it's these moments that at the end of the day, it's like, it's so cool to do this because it's, it's good to hear stories. Like, and it's not like old boring war stories. Like when you talk to old military vet, because I've been drowned in those plenty of times in my military career. Like these are fun, exciting wrestling stories that remind us why we do this. And sometimes when we're like, Oh man, we got pipe bomb radio or something. But when you, you know, you're like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta get the show going. But for that hour, for that 30 minutes, that hour, those two hours that we're here, we forget about everything else that's going around in the world around us. And it's three guys that are just able to talk wrestling with guests about what's going on, our thoughts, um, and, and, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and my reflection of 2017, is just, it's been a great year for me, uh, as far as wrestling wise, but you know, this is still something that, that, that is just so awesome to do. And, and, you know, I, like I love Chris Jericho podcasts and I see why he does it, you know, and it's like, this is a really cool thing, you know, and I think it's only going to get better. It's only going to get bigger. And there's still so many different things that we can do with it. Um, it's been a great year, man. And, uh, you know, like I, I'm still very thankful for you letting me be a part of this and, and man, you know, I'm excited to see what the future holds, but, uh, so far, man, I think we had a pretty good year. A lot of guests, uh, a lot of stories, a lot of laughs, um, a lot of tears when, when Nate would show up later, abandon me, but you know, that, that's my <laughs> tears, not yours. And, uh, you know, like, Hey, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's been a good ride, man. It's been fun, you know? And, uh, you know, what, what about you? What, what, are, what are some of your takeaways? Well, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I, I've been doing this for such a long time, and I almost feel like well, just when I feel like I don't have enough, I don't have anything left to prove, I feel like I still have something left to prove. I, I can't say that anything bad about the experiences I've been through. Yes, I contemplated uh, hanging it up last year. Uh, I, you know, the thought still comes, it comes and goes from time to time because ultimately I still feel like we have been beyond the atmosphere and then some more than I can, more times than I can count. And to be honest, for all the hard work and, and the, the contributions that I, I, I've gotten from the team and I say everybody past and present, I could not thank everybody enough for all their contributions to the show because without you guys, uh, the show would not have been as successful as it has been over the last, uh, Gosh, January will, be five, January will be five years since the reboot, re, since I rebooted the show, and we're coming up on our fifth anniversary. Now, in reality, I started this seven years ago, but I rebooted it five years ago with Austin. That said, it's been a hell of a ride. Couldn't have asked for the the the, the most. I couldn't ask for better opportunities than I've been given. Truly blessed to have been able to speak with everybody that I've had the opportunity to work with and speak with and just sit at the learning tree with. But other than that, 
I will say God bless everybody, and thank you guys for an incredible 2017. Thank you to my team, Elio, Nate, and Alex. You guys definitely help keep keep the ball rolling, keep me on my toes. Yes, sir. One thing that, uh, to take away from this, you know, that, that, you know, we have to remember, you know, you said one thing. Hopefully we have enough time we don't get cut off. But, um, so they always talk about, you know, you said that there's nothing left to prove. It's, it's, not about, it's not about what we don't have left to prove. It's about maintaining ourselves at the top. You know, it's The Rock said in one of his videos, you know, he, you know he's voted, you know, the number one entertainer in the whole world, worldwide, everything. And, you know, it's not about if he can keep it. It's going to be about, hey, you know, we're going to hang on to it and how are we going to be better the next time? How are we going to break the barrier next time? So it's not about we have nothing. Of course, probably all of us have nothing left to prove. But because we know we can put on a kick-ass show, it's going to be a what are we going to do to break down the the next wall? What are we going to do to break down the next barrier next year and make this thing better? And once again, further ourselves in the world of podcasts. So with you behind the driver's seat, man, we've got a chance. We can do this thing. And, uh, man, you know, that's all i got to say about that. So don't ever think about anything you do as you have nothing else to prove. You don't have You don't owe anything to anybody but it's how can you maintain that top spot and how are you going to break down the next barrier? We'll make it work. <laughs> well, I thank you, sir. And on that note, we will definitely close the show for tonight and for 2017 by saying, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars on behalf of us all here at pipe bomb radio. We wish you a merry, very Merry Christmas and a great, incredible 2018. We'll be back in 2018 guys. Have a good night and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Good night, Alex.